I just find it funny how we're finally talking about sex. Welcome back, guys. Um, like we told you last week at the end of the episode, um, we decided to split this into two parts, um, mainly because it was just, it's just too good. And we had to have you guys wanting for more. (laughs) So a cliffhanger in podcast world, um, does what it has to do, but we also just want people to get the most out of the message and, you know, not be overwhelmed by like, you know, mm-hmm. two straight hours of just vibes, you know? Yeah. So, um, so thank you guys for listening to the first part and encouraging text messages and, yeah, thanks for you know, the, the feedback we know, and yeah. Yeah. We know that it struck a chord for a lot of people. So we appreciate you guys. And mm-hmm. this is why we talk about stuff like this. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's, if there's nothing you got to add, Chris, let's bounce it, bounce it, boogity, bounce it, <laughs> part two. Yeah, no, um, yeah, just thanks for all the, like, messages about part one and, um, happy, mem- happy, I guess, belated Memorial Day. Dang, I can't believe it's officially June. I know. I it's know. officially June. Damn. When this episode Just drops. Um, I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day with family or friends or by yourself, chilling, whatever you do um, for holidays. I hope you had a chill holiday. And yeah, part two um, is just as good as part one. We touched on some other like topics relating to sex. Um, so yeah, thanks again to Princeton, our guest. Um, he just... Uh, no words he's just so good (laughs) so wise and just so uh i just love the way he explains things so yeah i agree yeah so we're just gonna hop back into part two thanks y'all enjoy but i guess one one thing i do want to bring up though is just um when you when it comes to the church at least with my experiences different experiences because obviously raised baptized catholic but obviously being practicing more christian Mm -hmm. as an adult but what i've seen a lot that happens which i guess makes it difficult or made it difficult for me to navigate a lot of the time is like Definitely in Catholicism, it definitely is like you're going to hell. Like your parents divorced, hell. You wait, your parents were never married, hell. Like it was just like for any any reason, you cough wrong, that was the devil coming at you, going to hell. You know, it was just very blunt. It was it was kind of wild. I tried. I used to tell my mom it, and I'm like, Mom, this is crazy. Are you sure you want me to like be taught this? But anyway, um, I think some parts in Christianity that I've seen. I'm not going to say the same thing, but what I see is just, you know, you, you know, you love God. So you dedicate your life to God. And that means, you know, not doing that TikTok challenge and showing off your, you know, your breastuses in that top <laughs> or, you know, you can't be like making good a pastor's wife with your 
boobs out mm-hmm. and wearing tight mm-hmm. dresses and you know you need to make sure that you you know hold yourself to this specific standard because if it's not the standard it's not of god and me as this regular person i'm trying to tell you that's not of god but and then you turn it'd be a next day you on the shade room you see these pastors that have Ooh, side, side chicks right, side. Uh, side chicks they they got they spent thousands of dollars uh, what's his uh, name Derek? You know. his name Derek Derek Jackson he was not a pastor I know I know he wasn't a pastor <laughs> but he wasn't doesn't he like he claims he does you know he does speak a lot of God yeah, yeah. yeah. so does his wife so yeah like John John Gray might I think John Gray oh, was yeah. one of the pastors. I think, that I think he's he just it up keeps a cheating times. on his wife apparently. <laughs> but you but, know you know what that that's I want to because I think that's so 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 important. Um, and I think as a pastor, um, I want to do something different. I think than most pastors would do. Um, I think most pastors would jump to the point of defense and say you know nobody's perfect okay Mm -hmm. we know that yeah um here's where (laughs) i want to take it i want to i want to unpack because i've had to go through this in my in my own life what makes preachers that way and not just preachers but christians Mm -hmm. because if if we're gonna be honest christians can be some of the nastiest ones if we it'd be the ones from the pulpit to the pew you know they speak in tongues but catch them in the and and that that can be and is very disorienting for people who are believers and for people who are non-believers. Mm-hmm. Um, when they say, this is what I saw in you. And when we get up close, these DMs look quite different <laughs> from how I imagine it would be. And and I'm telling you this because I've I've had to unpack this. Again, I've had to reconcile this because you you, you you have to deal with who you are as a person, not just who you are in ministry. And let me tell you why some of why some of that happens. Number one, because when you tell someone that the only way to deal with something is to suppress it without clarity as to why they're doing it or what they're supposed to do with that side of themselves, mm-hmm. it's going to lead to hyper anything. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If I tell you and and we we talk about this even from a dieting perspective. Right. If you remove people tell you this when you want to lose weight all the time. If you remove this from your diet, more power to you that you took out X. But your body is going to now do something to overcompensate if you don't figure out how to get that need met. So the problem is we teach people that this feeling and this part of the human process that is created by God, you just shove it down and you just, the holy, every time it comes up, I am not horny. Like yeah. I am not. And then what happens is over time, I'm not telling you what I learned. I'm telling you what I know. Over time, it produces hypersexuality. So that's one of the number one reasons why, mm. and I'm not saying them, I'm saying us yeah. people yeah. in church, like, I'm I'm referring to myself. I'm referring to people who I grew up with, who mm-hmm. we were steeped in this thing. And the problem was without a healthy understanding of why we were doing it, what the purpose was, and how we were still supposed to evolve, what happened was much like when you suppress anything, now you have this uh, explosion and stuff done gone all over the walls. Like yeah. that's that's why we have, that's why you be looking 
and the the pastor is out here, the the drummer be out here, the, the organist mm-hmm. be out here, the ushers be out here. We um I I saw this meme and uh, I <laughs> I laughed at it. The the church kid in me was slightly offended. I still laughed at it because I I saw some truth to it. Um, it was a picture of somebody in a floor length jean skirt with white tennis shoes, which was pretty common in my experience. And they said, um, in quotes, this was the main one that got pregnant. <laughs> and I'm I'm not insulting anyone's experience. What I am saying is the reason why I laughed is because <laughs> what it speaks to is this idea that we believed that we would be okay if we suppressed. And what mm-hmm. we realize is that over time, what's in you is go- you're going to have to deal with your humanity at some point. If you don't deal with it in a holistic way, it's going to come out. Here's the other thing that I'm learning. This is also the byproduct of bad theology that we were taught. Mm-hmm. I was taught, and many people who came from my context, we were taught that marriage will be the end of your sexual curiosity. Mm. Woo. And and this is oftentimes the reason why you have people who get <laughs> married but are still Bruh. curious. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't dealt with how you manage that, it will manifest in affairs. It will manifest in your in our continued porn addiction. It will manifest in our um, pursuit of, and and that's the reason why not only do we hear when when we as preachers struggle, not only is it a struggle, but it's something that's deep. It's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is going on for how long and how, Mm -hmm. because you suppress for so long that now it has to be grandiose. It has to be this larger than life thing to pursue to sort of compensate. The other problem with Christianity is that and and that's bad language, but the other harm but, that we yeah. practice within Christianity is this idea um, that we don't teach people how to find healthy forms of affirmation, recovery, and rest that don't involve sex. Mm. That sometimes what you're seeing in this pursuit of extramarital affairs and extra sex and just hypersexuality in us as preachers and pastors and leaders is really because no one ever taught us how to be tired and how to answer that in a way that was healthy. Yeah. Nobody taught us how to build, particularly our masculinity. One of the most dangerous things that mm. happens for many of us is you take, and I dealt with this, right? Um, I, w- I knew my gift from an early age, but I was so dangerously insecure for so much mm. of my life. And I'm still trying to work to heal out of many of those. And one of the things that I was most insecure about was that when I stand on stage, um, people receive that with such great um, uh, respect and admiration. But I didn't always feel that from girls my age. Mm. Um, I I felt like, (laughs) I used to make this joke all the time. Um, Usually I was in high school, there's this football player, well, I'm not going to say his actual name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's call him Trey because who knows where he is. I hope <laughs> things are happening great in his life. But anyway, um, I was was in high school and, and there was this football player everybody loved who called him Trey. And uh, I used to joke that we'd be in the hallway and um, people would say, Princeton, you're so adorable. Mm. Uh, and to this day, I, I hate that word because adorable means that somebody wants to uh, put you like, on their nightstand or yeah. in their purse. Uh, and I don't yeah. I don't want to go in your purse. Uh, <laughs> but then Trey would walk by and they'd be like, girl, Trey is fine. Yeah. I was like, why my adjective can't last for four seconds? Like, 
And, and so there was this yearning in me for that style of affirmation. Now, here's the danger in that. When you take someone who's dealt with that insecurity and then you give them a platform mm -hmm. and you give them the power that's associated with preaching, but we haven't dealt with our own internal insecurities, we'll still be turning to the same thing we didn't get in high school. Yeah. And because we're men, we're largely taught that the way that you identify and get that masculinity is through sex. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you can be talented and gifted and elevated and still have not reconciled what true masculinity is. Whew. You can be talented and wealthy. And th that's the battle I'm in right now. I, I, I know I can preach, but, but what is manhood? And, and who am I as a person? And I'm wrestling with that right now because that, that's the stuff that determines whether or not you can uphold what God's gonna give you without yeah. harming people. It's not that they weren't anointed. It's not that they weren't talented. It's not mm -hmm. that they weren't gifted. I'm gonna take it a step further. I don't even believe that when we as leaders fall, it's because we don't love God. It's because we didn't submit to a process to unpack. Mm -hmm. How do I understand myself? And then how do I gain a healthy relationship with sexuality where my identity is not contingent upon it? So th those are the reasons. When you grow up in a culture where you were taught don't do, then you do what what Brittany mentioned, which you start looking at everybody else twirling from the ceiling and you'd be like, that look fun. I'm trying to be a city girl. <laughs> I'm gonna just go over here. Now, and then when you couple that with the silence, mm -hmm. with the silence, the the you, now mm -hmm. we live, that's how you get to the double life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to explore. I wanted to find out who I was. I wanted to blah, 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 and search your own reason. But the shame made me feel like I couldn't be honest about that, that I couldn't get honest guidance about how to do that. And so I went and I did it. And now I feel like, and that's how many of us who were raised in church, we learn how to do the church thing that's enough to mm -hmm. convince people that we're okay. And then Monday through Friday, live our own life. The technical term for that is called a disembodied theology, where I have one view that's up here, but I don't allow that spirituality to be applied to every aspect of who I am and really mm -hmm. working through that. Um, so I just, I wanna hold space for anybody who is in two positions. I wanna hold space for somebody who like me is navigating how to be in leadership of anything. Um, what I can say to you from my own experience, you gotta figure out what it means to be a man or a woman apart from what you do and apart from using sexuality to define it. Yeah. I think the um, what you not, do the what you do is is important too cuz especially like we all I mean Prince you're from LA, right? Originally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean Brittany and I aren't but moving to LA, I quickly discovered that your identity and your worth in and I'm not using in air quotes, like your identity and your worth is all centered around what you do, um, where you went to school, what you do, what job you have, who you know, who right? You know. Like <laughs> that is your whole thing, which is why um, I think Brittany and I have talked about this before. But you know, some men will be like, "Oh yeah, well I'm at um, I'm at so and so some celebrity. I'm at so and so's house and blah blah blah." Like I don't care, but that that is all because the culture in general of LA is like, this is who I know. This is what I do. So that's why you should sleep with me. That's why you should value me. That's why you should like me. And, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, that's super important is it has and to be apart from chasing, that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like here's all the reasons why you should do it. 
and then I want you to sleep with me so that then after that I will feel more valuable. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that that is the place where we have to start to is if whether you're doing it or not, and again, I'm I'm stepping slightly to the side of my pastor role. I, I think it, the easy route to be what the Bible say. Yeah. And I love the word of God. I believe the word of God. I teach the word mm -hmm. of God. I, I think what is an important place for us to start is not are you doing it or not, why are you not, whatever, whatever, but why? Mm -hmm. There's this moment in the Bible where Samuel goes to anoint the king. Uh, he's in this house. It's a bunch of brothers. It's none of the ones he thought at first. It's this last one named David. God says something to Samuel that I think is profound. He said, look, um, let me teach you a lesson. You look on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. What he's teaching him is it's not just about what you do. It's the reason that matters to God Yeah. because a healed reason will lead to a healed decision. So I would ask anybody, even if you're on your tip where you're like, I'm just about to be out here. My first response is not, you shouldn't be out here. <laughs> My first response is, okay, bet. If you're cool <laughs> with it, let's talk, let's talk yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> and likewise, if somebody, you know, like Chris says, like, like I think we, we've all sort of navigated, I'm in a space too, where you're like, hey, look, I'm in a season where it it's a no for me that that is not something I need to be doing. Okay. I'm not just going to be like, well, praise the Lord. God is so proud right. of you for just being holy. My next question to myself and to all of us. Okay. Bet. Why? Because mm -hmm. if, because let me take this, if you're doing it because you just don't want to go to hell, that's not a legitimate reason. Oh yeah. No, I'm past that. If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're not doing it because I don't want to be less than, and here's, here's what's fascinating. I've read stories from people who they built their lives on that. And when they got married, they did it for the first time. I read this one narrative, the woman was sharing that she actually had a horrible time because she felt like her now husband had taken something from her. Mm. And it's where she reconciled that for all this time, mm. she hadn't been doing it for the right reason. So when she finally mm -hmm. did get to do it, it actually caused more harm than good. I'm not saying that I don't believe in the power or that there is purpose in abstinence and or celibacy. What I'm saying is it's the reason that makes the difference. Now, I'm going I'm to take us yeah. deeper. Our reason cannot be because I think if I do this long enough, God's going to reward me with perfect bay. That's also not theologically accurate. And I think, to Brittany's point earlier, one of the reasons why we're so curious is because we are disenfranchised from all these promises that people gave us for years in the name of scripture. And we see that not panning out. She waited and that's her husband. I'm going to just go on. Yeah. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the reward, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and, and because right. and here's the thing, here's what I teach. One of the things I teach are my, my young adults and our team. I say this all the time. If there was no fear of hell, Mm. and no promise of heaven, would you still serve God? Mm. If I take heaven and hell off the table, is God worth serving? What I'm asking is, if I take fear mm -hmm. and prosperity off the table, what are you left with? Mm. That's funny. And that's what we have to deal with, with when it, in this conversation around sexuality. Like, in, our motives is, is really what's at the heart of a healthy conversation around this. Yeah, that's like, it's, that's so interesting because I'm trying to think of like, I don't think about heaven and hell that often. You know what I mean? Like, I actually don't, now that you bring it up, 
I'm like, I don't think about heaven and hell that op- that often. I think more about like, how is this going to um, like just set me back from being not, I don't want to say a better person, but like, how can I avoid making um, or causing myself hurt, right? And heartbreak and how can I avoid that? <laughs> like that's, I think that's my biggest thing is because I know that like, um, let's see, how do I want to phrase this? I know that like, number one, you said something important. Um, I don't even remember when, but you basically said like sex was like created by God or something along those lines, right? And I had this like uh, aha moment in a sense where I was like, I don't think I've ever been taught that like sex until I got older, right? Until I started going to like one church and stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever been taught that sex was like a beautiful thing or a healthy thing. Um, It's more like you have sex when you're married. But then also when you're married, there's no discussions about like um, having sex to to make kids and then having sex as like pleasure. Right. And the idea of pleasure just seems so wrong. Even mm-hmm. like oh, even when you're married, it's like I'm like, I've n- I don't think I've ever heard like my parents having sex, which is like such a normal thing you would think you would hear in a household. Right. That of married parents. But like, I don't think I've ever even like heard. Have you ever thought about that? Like, I, I, I laughed because I, I don't want to hear that. that no, that's not something saying, I need for the for the yeah. holistic childhood. I'm not saying I <laughs> want it, but I'm saying it's kind of like. So, are you supposed to like be quiet? Like, it, like, do you know what I'm trying to right, say? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm trying to like explain that. Not no disrespect to my parents, but it's just like. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, my head is in a dirty place because you were like. It's so quiet. Yeah, because like, as you get you older, as right. you get older, you're like, there is no like, how are you even like, how is it enjoyable if like you not you're not making any noise like, like <laughs> that's exactly heck? where my head went. That's you know exactly thank you. This might thank be going you. left, but um, okay. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Like, I wish I was taught that it was a beautiful thing. Because if I think if I was, I wouldn't have been like, I'm just trying to get it over with. You know what I mean? Um, mm. So, yeah, there's that. But also, shoot, did I just lose my whole train of thought? Because I went to say that a while ago. But, um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Also, as I, like, got older, too, I realized that I was hearing stories about just so many other people who are not religious, Christian, anything at all who like practice abstinence right and they have their own reasons for doing it and a lot of them are very similar to why I like try um to practice it as well right because I know okay when in the past like when I have had sex with people I probably should have left those situations sooner than I did right and so I kind of got caught up a little bit more or it, I was blinded in a certain way. Um, and I was just ignoring red flags because, you know, like now I was, our relationship was different and I wasn't seeing things as clearly cause now like we already slept together, whatever. Um, and so I just thought it was funny that like 
we talk about it right as you know don't have sex but there are so many other people outside of church who have kind of come to that same conclusion which is thinking about the reason why they don't do it and not just saying like no i'm not doing it because i don't because i don't want to go to hell um yeah i think it's a both it's a both and thing right there right like i think there you bring up a really great point i think we're sitting in a moment where there are lots of people who don't um name christianity as their foundation um but they're giving tools and tips for wisdom Mm -hmm. that are not antithetical to the bible i think if we (laughs) if i'm looking at the conversations as a sandwich right i think if we just take the piece that they're offering and just slide it right in the middle. Like that was just the, that was the missing link. If I'm imagining what perhaps a healthy conversation for me would have been like, and I, I want to hold space cause it's different. I want to hold space that there's certain things um, about the experience of this conversation for a woman that, that I won't know. But for me, I think what would have been healthy was number one, um, here's what sex is um, and here's what it could be. Here's the expanse mm-hmm. of it. God created it. Here's, here's how beautiful it can be. Here's what it can do. It has the power to create very strong intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's a power to make you feel seen. Right. Uh, it, it's a space of it, like all, all those types of things, right? Um, and then somebody sharing, hey, here's here's my experience with it. Good, bad, or indifferent. So that if you've, maybe you've not done anything that I'm about to share with you. Maybe you've done all the above about what I'm about to share with you. But let me share just so that you know the place that I'm operating from, the experience that has shaped what I believe. And then there's some room to talk about. Now, hey, here's what I believe God thinks about it. If Christianity mm-hmm. is your context, here's what I believe the word of God says about it. And now for here's the reason why that perspective yeah. exists, right? Because here are the dangers if you go this way. Here are the wrong reasons. Like if, if you are going to not follow abstinence, at least do what you do for a healthy reason, mm-hmm. right? Like, if, and here's some of the reasons not to, here are some of the dangers and and then go from there. I think that to me, at least, would have been a very transformative conversation. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that would have given me some tools of which, and I think we get labeled as millennials as being the generation that doesn't want wisdom or that doesn't want faith and spirituality. And and I don't see that. In fact, I see us being some of the most wisdom hungry uh, people and some of the most um, spiritually hungry people, even if that spirituality doesn't land in Christianity. I have a Mm -hmm. lot of friends who left Christianity, but they didn't just go into atheism. They went in pursuit of a different type of spirituality. So, So there's this innate desire in us as millennials to pursue something bigger than us. So I don't think it's that we just want to be out here. I think it's that we desire for conversations that come with depth, with explanation and, and you can't yes. get there until you start with your experience. Meet me on the plane first mm-hmm. and then try to teach me whatever it is that you want to. So I think to your point, Chris, that there, there is a whole move of people who are having this conversation about the benefits of celibacy and abstinence that I think we would have benefited from had we looped that into and, and made that the clarity as to why we were teaching that in the church. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, I agree that like our generation we and it's not that we don't want wisdom um and it's not that we don't go out and do our research because we're the main ones fact checking our parents trying to tell our parents don't be reposting everything you see on facebook like we're the main ones right but um we're also we also want people to be real with us and we want them to come come to us um 
with a real conversation, with some facts, right? With some, you can't just be like, no, because I said no. Like that's, it's not mm-hmm. enough anymore. Um, right. And so, and we are, I mean, at least our age, like we're old enough, right? To have these conversations. Uh, most of our listeners are around our age. Now, if you are like under the age of 18 to living at home or whatever, then like you got, you just got to, <laughs> you got to talk to your parents. <laughs> okay. But like, assuming like most of our listeners are around our age, like, yeah, like very respectfully, it's like, we want to have a conversation with depth. So it's not enough for me, for you just to tell me, well, you know, don't fornicate. Like, I hate, I hate, first of all, the word fornicate makes me cringe more than sex. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else it's is like that. I hate that word. And like <laughs> my dad uses that word and I hate that word. But anyways, I digress. Um, But yeah, I think we, we do, we're, we're a hungry generation for something. And that's why you see people latching on to all types of stuff and like, you know, crystals and like all these things right like because we 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 know that there is something or a lot of us know that there is something bigger um and we're in search of that thing um one thing I think would have been really transformative for me too is as I'm getting older I'm now people are feeling more comfortable telling me like oh yeah you know we really tried to wait until marriage but we didn't make it and I'm just like why really, oh nigga. my word why when didn't you, i tell you the amount wow. of the amount of christians that i'm like why can't what see like why can't you just set, tell that to everybody why does it got to be a secret like mm. because that would help that would help so many people for you to say look right. we didn't make right. it until marriage and this is probably mm. what we would have done different or this is whatever right that like, part that part i'm like i i would have needed that like I would have listened because I listen to people and I still will make my decision, but I listen to what people have to say. I've always right. been like that. And I'm just like, why couldn't y'all have just said that? Why? Why has it got to be a secret? <laughs> but it's because of that shame, right? Is like, you know, everyone thinks, you know, I waited till marriage and, but you know, I didn't make it. I married the man, but I didn't make it. Or I married the woman, but we didn't make it. And, and so, yeah, I just I want to get to that place where we can have, we can just just be open. Is that too? I don't know. Maybe I'm asking for too much. I think we got to get out of this cycle too, where everybody wants to have this story about why they earned the perfect husband or wife. Right. And I think we're we're falling into that trap right now, um, where every social media post is. I went on this 90 day fast and then I didn't have sex with anyone. And I really, I went to therapy and I had six sessions and I only ate kale and I got the man of my dreams. And, and you, you have to be gluten free. And I'm gluten free. And if you just do that for 90 days, God will bless you too with your own dream, man. I'm sorry I got the best one, but you can have the one who's next. Um, and, and I, I don't mm-hmm. want to hold space. So number one, that's, that's factually inaccurate because it is my belief theologically and according to the word of God, that all good gifts come from God mm-hmm. and none of them, Period. they're all based on grace. I, you know, I believe in hard work. I believe in following the word of God, but I don't believe in using those things as measurement to prove yeah. why I deserve something or why I am somehow better than someone else who did not do those things. Listen, I've seen God bless people. In fact, God gets a a different kind of glory 
out of Man. blessing people who did not do things by society standards. And the Bible is replete with examples. The Bible of is who did not fit the mold, Listen. who didn't follow the one, two, and three. But God said, My hand is on you, my favor is on you because I love you. And so mm-hmm. any good thing that happens, particularly marriage, is is nothing more than a reflection of the goodness of God and my emotional availability to receive that good gift of God in a space. That's it. So I think that's the first reason why we don't tell because we we want to present this narrative like we did something. To, nah, bro, you, God right. was good, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and you're enjoying the free gift of God. That's it. He was good, But I period. also think that there's this like really, there's this disproportionate weight um, th- upon women to mm. do all these things, to be the gatekeepers. And you have to do all these things to find the perfect husband because there's a shortage and uh, and I think there, there was even there is a shortage. Up. There is a shortage. <laughs> there is a shortage. It's confirmed by me. It's confirmed by me. There's a shortage. I think, um, and the reason why I say this is because I realized that in my own unpacking of this, I couldn't just listen to people who were like me. In fact, um, I want to be clear that I'm not the expert in this. I'm just talking because I've been impacted by it. But the real experts are Black women who've done this work, like mm-hmm. uh, Brittany Broadus, um, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry, Candice Marie Bimbo, uh, Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas. Um, these are people who have been in this space unpacking the harm that we've done. And, and one of the things that they will talk about is Candice Marie Bimbo focuses a lot of her work on unpacking the way that those thoughts have harmed sisters in the church. Like you have to do all of this to hope that the end reward will be that God might bestow upon you a man. Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry in her work, she does something similar, which changed my preaching forever. She talked about the ways in which how we preach behind the pulpit perpetuates rape culture. Mm. Um, Think about how many times we, you know, and, and especially in the culture I grew up in, you know, don't wear lipstick, your yep. skirt's got to be a certain length. You don't wear that. All the rules around modesty. And what that does is not only does it now sort of make women like you have to be the controllers of of men's sexuality, but I think the adverse effect that it has on men, had on me and a bunch of other people, is it grows up, it grows you up believing that you can't control yes. or have regulation or ownership over your <sighs> sexuality. That if you feel it, you got to do it. And we have this. And that even shows up back to the beginning about how we have the sex talk. That's the reason why there's this hyperprotection on our daughters and women and sisters of like, don't do. And then there's this assumption with the men, you gon' do. So just yeah. wear a condom. We're, here's and how you use a condom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we just assume they're going to do it. And I was in this room on Clubhouse and um, I'll never forget this. The conversation turned around this very topic, Christianity and sex, people's experience. And this man said something I'll never forget. He popped in the room and he said, um, the thing that transformed his life was that he was talking about it and there was somebody who said to him, I think it might've been his barber who said, hey, bro, you do know that if you don't want to, you don't have to. Man. And he cried and then I started crying because that that's not a narrative that you get as men, that that, that same yeah. sort of narrative in church of around all these rules that perpetuate rape culture also harms us as men because it makes you believe that you are a slave to this thing and you have to... Um, act out or sow into whatever and however you feel. Um, and over time, it creates that harm that we're mm-hmm. that we're living in now. I mean, it's in church. It's it's everywhere, though, for men. Right. It's like you're 
your worth, your, your value. Yeah, it's <laughs> all centered around your brothers, your, your right. brothers' homies. <laughs> yeah, your it's like how many girls, your teammates. Oh you, oh, you didn't hit it's, that? Oh, you didn't, like, she likes you and you didn't hit that? Like, oh, you, you must weird, be gay. Bro. Like, come on. Like, you it becomes, get, like, I, what? <laughs> it's I crazy. literally have this, like, weird, like, I don't understand how men from what i've seen because i have a i have a decent amount of male friends and we have pretty in-depth conversations Mm -hmm. and you can tell that like well i i'm not gonna be lame and have like my four bodies i'm like i'm a i need to rack that up because the the bros like i'm already left behind i look like soft i look weak i look weird because uh, you know i'm not jumping at the opportunities that are presented to me so you know i'm not going to be a lame and you know what because they put it in my head so much now i am a little curious it may not be as fulfilling as i thought you know this whole phase isn't necessarily making me feel the best i've ever felt at all but you know I'm at least doing what all my friends are. So when they ask me about it, I have something to say versus Mm -hmm. not having anything to say and being the oddball out. And it's weird in my head, like from my perspective, it would be weird for me to think of like having sex with guys just to impress you, Krissa. Like that sounds right. (laughs) Right. Wow. 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 So weird. It would be so weird. It's really hard for me to like, Mm. you know, understand it the opposite way. And I think I'm obviously I'm biased because I'm a woman. And like, yeah. again, we're like, you see people get ho shame for anything. Like you find out that girl had sex with that one boy that one time. All the the football team in that locker room going to say she was a hoe. It don't matter if it was right. one guy t- 10 years ago, it, like, or if it was 10 guys one day ago, like they're going to be putting them on that same platform. Like, oh, she mm-hmm. a mega hoe. But when it com- comes to men, it's like the opposite, which obviously we all know this, but like, I think it's just, it becomes weird, not weird, but I feel bad sometimes for guys who are like, who don't want to do it, but they are simply doing it so that they are impressing their peers right? Or, and making sure that they're not feeling left out. Like that seems pretty detrimental to your own health too. Just like, yep. you know, for us women, it's detrimental when we're like, the shame we carry if we were curious that one time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and we carry that forever. And, you know, one day you meet the right guy and it's like, what's your body count? You know, and you're having those conversations and, you know, I think it's just, it's just weird. I, I hate, like, I hate um, when I see things on the internet. I mean, we've had conversations about like, Oh, do all men, you know, some people think all men cheat. Right. And it's that it's that same thing. It's like men are taught over and over and over again in church, out of church, that they cannot control themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just don't believe that's true. I I refuse (sighs) to believe that is true. Um, And I know there are men out there that have more. um self-control like i don't think that you I also are think a there's slave men out there who t- don't have the desire like the innate desire to yeah. just Ex- we have exactly that, right? yeah. yeah like i i refuse to believe that that's the case even though that's what a lot of women believe is true i don't believe that's mm-hmm. true i know that's not true i know it's <laughs> not but it's like why do we 
why do they get it why do men always get a pass for everything but women don't but um I don't know if this might be a little too personal but I think a lot of women can probably or probably have the same experience you can tell when you when you are having sex with a guy like you can tell when they are just focused on whatever they're focused on and like they're paying zero attention to you like at all right and like what your needs are and things like that and I think that goes back to that same thing is just they're just trying to knock it out and like (laughs) you know what I mean and it's like just to say they did it (laughs) exactly you kind of get that same or they're not they're not taught right they just know like oh pound 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 I'm out like and that's it right and and it's like okay well no like why is (laughs) why is sex only about the man um and I think that goes back to that same that same idea is like you just want to hit with as many things as you can because that means that oh, I'm a, I'm more of a man, right, if I do that. Mm-hmm. I don't care how she feels. And like, I'm care. more of a man if I treat her a certain way after that, right? Like, right. you know, I, you know, not only did I smack, but I, don't, I, I told her to get an Uber home right after because it's going to be on to the next one because, you know, I am on a right. fighter's mission. You can't, you can't stay the night here. To be, yeah. You know, and... I 100% know that there's guys 100% that find themselves in this situation and it's literally unfulfilling. And I'm like, then why, why are you doing it? And it's like, I don't know, like people be on my head a lot and tell me I should experience it. Like, well, only the guys in my life telling me I should go, like I should experience it. And then I get shamed if, like a really pretty girl is clearly interested in me and I'm not trying to take her home that night. Like I get, you know, I'm given a hard time about that. And, and then it becomes an ego thing. And then to Princess's point earlier, imagine being insecure. Now tie some insecurities into there too. And someone's looking your way and you thought, Oh shoot. Did she say fine for four seconds? And the homie (laughs) told me for four seconds, am I going to pass up on, this opportunity and i'm like well i guess she is pretty and i guess you know i will get cool points yeah you convince yourself to do something that you may not even want to do that's crazy i will get cool points and you know she's already told me i was fine so that's clearly she wants to have sex with me she liked two of my pictures so (laughs) she obviously wants to have sex with me there's also right we we gotta hold space (laughs) for that and i i think it's one of the things um I've learned we do as men, we have a very, um, one of the things that happens to us as a result of this conversation is there is no spectrum for us. No. It yeah. goes from <laughs> from hello to sex very quickly. There, there's, no, <laughs> there's no spectrum of intimacy. There's no spectrum of, of no really. And I think, yeah. and the danger is, and, and I want to say this because I, I think we joke about it, but I, I really want to hold space for, for a man who's, who might be listening. And this is like the first time you've ever had space to unpack like what's re- what your real motivations are. And I just want to hold space for you that there's nothing wrong with you if you've yeah. been in that space and been like, hey, you know what? I actually don't want this. Um, I want to hold space for you if you've been at a place where 
you had gone through so many experiences that now you're just sort of programmed that way. You go mm -hmm. into interactions yeah. like, how I'm going to land you? When is this over? And some of you might be listening to me and, and you've lived this. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not telling you anything that I'd ever judge you for because I've known most of these experiences where you are now reconciling with the harm that you caused mm. because you were in spaces where you started with one intention. But once it got to that physical track, something took over and you were just gone. And that's what that interaction became. There was no more intimacy without that. It wasn't just a, hey, we can kick it. It was like, if you're here with me, we're going all this direction. And, and let me tell you that one of the ways that there is healing for you um, is to know that I believe that not just life, but that the power of God exists to give you a different view of yourself, mm -hmm. a different view of God, and then by those two things to have a renewed view of sexuality where it no longer rules or controls you. Mm -hmm, but yeah. I, I believe that there's a generation of us, um, and I, I'll be in this fight alongside all of us who will realize that that pornography that we were exposed to, those early experiences that we had, the ways that people have talked to us harmfully, what we grew up assuming about ourselves um, is not what has to rule us. That mm -hmm. does not have to rule our identities. And, and I, I think somebody, I think Chris, it might have been you said, like, why do men get away with stuff? I think culturally we get away with stuff, but but I'm, I can attest to the fact that we don't get away with stuff in life. Mm. And I'll tell you why, because there are people in my life who are three times my age still grieving with the shame that they have from decisions they made in their 20s. Right. Or, and, and it, or and, from and, things that they didn't choose and that were done to them. I think we, we need to hold space for yeah, that. Yeah. I also, I know we probably should have said this earlier, but I definitely want to hold space for people who didn't get the choice like Brittany and I to be like this is how I want to lose my virginity or this is um, you know this is yeah the person I, I wanted to lose the, it too. the person <laughs> right like I want to hold space for those people and and even if it wasn't just your virginity maybe it happened after that right but you you didn't want it to happen right um, there is from you. there yeah and there's there is no shame in that either right like you should not feel shame um or feel like that feel like that was your fault um either so yeah um sorry princeton keep going i just wanted to throw no, that in I wanna, there i think i love where where you have us chris i want to park right there because i want to hold space for a spectrum of people in this conversation i want to hold space for people um who have no sexual desire I think there is um, this sort of latent belief that we have in our hypersexual culture that that's what everyone wants. And the danger is that there's shame in every direction right now. There's shame if you do it too much. And then there's shame if you've never done it, that I've seen mm -hmm. members of the Christian community shame anybody who had any different uh, sexual ethic or conviction than them. And then I've seen people from what might be referred to as the um, sexually liberated community that then looks at anybody with different convictions around yeah. sex and not doing it and says, well, why are you so held back? And <laughs> why are you letting people or faith or God control you? Mm -hmm. And we shame in every direction. And I think there's a category of people who say, hey, you know what? I actually, it's not a desire of mine. It's it's not something that 
I foresee right now. It's not something that I desire in my life. And there's space for you too to know. And I think that's what we're getting at is um, one of the biggest aspects of healing in this conversation is to separate this idea that your identity is latently defined by your sexuality or lack thereof. Yeah. And I think if 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 you don't get anything else from where we come from, that's a major one that whether you've never or whether your life's been full of it, neither one of those defines how valuable you are. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those defines what your future can have. Neither one of those defines the way that you should see yourself or more importantly, none of those things define uh, the way that God sees you. Um, And if you would move out of that, allow yourself to be healed from that and then heal your reason for your next decision. Like whatever my next decision is, why? And have I thought through that? Um, and then I, I believe, and this is now the pastor and me talking, um, that that's a place that I invite God into. Mm-hmm. And that's that's because I, I love the concept of God. And I'm in a place now where I'll be running every little decision by him just because that's <laughs> how God and I are. I'll be like, hey, look, I was going to go here. I was going to go to Chick-fil-A. But how you feel about this? Just, mm-hmm. just, I was going to you know, park let's here. Check in. God, if you have a better parking spot for me, just... I, yes, I know you Lord, will lead me there. So. I will drive around one more time if it means that I can. I will never park in the disability parking because that's unethical. Mm-hmm. But God, I do want the one right next to you if it be your will. <laughs> but if right. I got into this yeah. decision-making process and, and moving forward in in healing, yeah, no, I think that's a perfect place to to park it. Um, I feel like we need altar call music right there. <laughs> man um, I, I actually there's one thing i do i do want to say too is like your past you, you know like princeton said your experience or lack thereof or the mm-hmm. desire or lack thereof it also doesn't define what like what your future is if that makes sense like all mm-hmm. because this it doesn't mean your set in stone fate is this yeah and just like you were saying earlier, like in my head, I'm like, I did it right. I, you know, I saved it for someone who loves me and wants to be with me and told me he want to marry me. And mm. look how that turned out. It turned out really well. And yeah. there's also a lot of people who have like gone through all types of experiences mm-hmm. and they found not only they're, they're a soulmate, or like they're in a great, healthy relationship, you know, that god wanted for them yeah. you know what i mean so it, i think it's also just this path like this uh, what you've done i know like you feel ashamed when you talk to your partner about it you know on either spectrum but that doesn't necessarily mean like your outcome is set in stone as yeah x y or z <laughs> like it's not set in stone at all like it's all fair game in god's eyes <laughs> like yeah. we are all ready for some blessings uh for any reason no reason all of that so Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think uh, to close on my end, I think my favorite thing about um, when I started to read the Bible on my own or like had a actual desire. Sorry, there's um, everyone just got home from dinner, but um, (laughs) had a desire to to read it on my own. I think what I love the most about it is the fact that it made me feel um Uh, less um bad about myself (laughs) like there there is always 
like there's probably always a story in there that where someone has done something quote unquote worse than something you've done right and those are always the people that god used right and then Mm -hmm. um i think there's so much beauty in that like i think that the that is what i love about the bible not because it gives us this is what to do and this is what not to do but just like this is how humans are right and if this is you or if you are similar to this person this character this person in the bible like there is still so much hope for you right you could still be in the in jesus's um bloodline right like it it doesn't matter right. right like so no one was ever perfect they were out there wilding they were really wilding in the bible mm-hmm. and um i think that's my favorite part and princess said that earlier um and that that just goes back to what Brittany just said is like we're it doesn't matter what you did in your past it does not mean that god doesn't have a husband or a wife or whatever for mm-hmm. you in the future um so yeah Ugh. Yeah, I think um, one, I would encourage anybody who is listening to this, um, find a safe space where you can have the conversation um, and begin there. Um, When we talk about the journey to healing, we've all expressed that talking about it um, and being in community around this subject and sharing experiences was life-giving for us. Number two, um, I think we already talked about this, like as you talk about it, you will break the shame from it. But I also, I just want to echo what Krista just said, which is um, what what all of us are asking is larger questions when we talk about any topic and faith, you know, culture and faith, sex and faith, whatever, whatever. We're, we're, we're actually opening up larger conversations, which is who is God to you? Um, what is that relationship like? And how do you know? And from there, how has that knowledge informed or shaped or helped your beliefs, not simply what was passed down to you from someone, but how has your knowledge of God and God's word, if you're listening to this from a Christian context, informed what you do, make sure your reasons are right on the inside and find healing that way. Um, So yeah, once again, um, I am so grateful that y'all like, let me hang out. I I don't know if this is, if this is, if this is off brand, y'all let me know, but can I just pray before we Dip. Yes, please. Um, this is a huge subject. And for me, I'm not praying because this is almighty pastor who's done everything right, who's going to now invite you to do everything right. Um, I'm praying this is somebody who is uh, as broken as they come. I have been harmed uh, in, in this category, in this conversation. Um, I've harmed people. I've harmed myself. I know what it is to uh, in the story that I began with from seven years old, have this secret that you couldn't share that was a part of what held you bound and, and held you in captivity, but also was something that would or appeared to be filling a void that you didn't even know you have. And I know what Ooh. it's like to make some decisions in one season and then unpack a year later the reason why you made those decisions and to realize I was a whole mess. I was absolutely broken. And I chose these X, Y, Z things. You might be on the other end of the spectrum, which is you are just deciding because you are living your life and out here. We're holding space for wherever you are with the understanding that none of it defines you. So I'm going to pray just because uh, 
one of my favorite mentors said, we should never open people up uh, and leave them open. So we didn't <laughs> talked about everything and you might even, some of this, I want to hold space with the fact to Chris's point, might've even be triggering. I don't know where you are in your journey with this conversation. Um, you might even be listening and not be a Christian. Uh, if you're not, however, what I would hope is that you would hear in this prayer, though you may not receive Christianity as your context or as the framework for how you view faith, what I hope you'll receive from this moment is my heart, that my heart for you is that you would have an outcome that is healthy and life-giving. One of my favorite mm -hmm. scriptures in Deuteronomy, God says, I got three reasons why I'm going to give you these commandments. One is so that you'll live, that God's concerned about my quality of life. Two, that you would multiply. And it wasn't just a reference to children. It was about community. I'm concerned about the relationships you have with people and with legacy. And then third, third reason was so that you could possess the land, so that you could be the best you can for everything you're supposed to be responsible for. So even if you can't rock with my prayer, I hope you'll receive my heart that I want those three things for you. Father in heaven, listen, we are nothing without you. God, spirit, uh, we acknowledge that this podcast was bigger than us. It started with our journeys, but it's a little bigger. We've created space for people to perhaps for the first time be able to breathe, for the first time be able to bear their entire truth openly with themselves first so that they can then bear it with community. My prayer is that you would enter this space, take over from what we've done and that you would enter it. I pray for anyone who has been harmed uh, by theology that wasn't presented correctly, harmed by early judgment, harmed because they weren't given proper footing. And when they went to learn for themselves, they fell along the way. I pray that you would heal those places and return us to spaces that are life-giving. I pray for folks who are on their journey and they don't know what they think or what they believe. I pray that you will help them understand that not only is there grace for that wrestling, but you will also lead them towards clarity as they invite you into where they are. Number three, I lastly thank you and I hold space and pray that you would help those of us who have caused harm. You would forgive us and allow us to move to a place where we're trusting you and things that are healthy to fill our identities. Would you please sanitize our reasons for what we do and lead us in a path that is life-giving? We thank you that we will have a blessed future. We will be holy. We will make healthy decisions. And ultimately, we live. We will live a fruitful life no matter what has happened to this point. We receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Respect. Ooh, that was, man, that yeah. was good. Do you want to plug yourself, Princeton, before uh, we close? Sure. I um, serve. Uh, I'll start here. I'll, I'll plug my church that I love. I serve as um, the youth and young adult pastor at Crusade Christian Faith Center. We are located in Inglewood, uh, California. Inglewood. Um, Inglewood. Whatever time you're listening to us, we will um, reopen our doors to the public for the first time in over a year since the pandemic, the first Sunday in June. Um, I'm specifically in charge of preaching the last Sunday of every month, but no matter what Sunday you come, it'll be a really lit worship, a really loving community, um, and hopefully a word that will inspire and challenge you. Uh, I do have um, a podcast that's on a hiatus, but can't wait to bring the next season back, but definitely go they check can out go some back and listen. They, yeah, they can go back and listen to old episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly go back and catch some of that. Um, follow me on, on Instagram, What's Facebook, your podcast all called? the things. Ah, podcast is called Building Without a Blueprint. Mm -hmm. Building Without a Blueprint. Um, and then uh, two things, last but not least. One, shout out to Disney Dreamers Academy, um, which is a major part of my life. I get to work for uh, 
the Walt Disney Company. And so if you know anybody who's in high school, please tell them to go on to DisneyDreamersAcademy.com and they can find some of the work that I do there as well as apply. And then my newest little, not my newest little passion, because I've been doing this for most of my life, but I am a musician. I released yes. my first single ever on Apple Music, Spotify, all the things you can find called That's What cool. Hasn't Changed. And um, I'm now in the process of writing some stuff for my first full-length album, which will be called Building Without a Blueprint as well. But in the meantime, that's lit. Yeah. No, yeah. Princeton can, Princeton can sing. Okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can link, we can link everything too um, in the show notes. So definitely go check Princeton now. I mean, I think it's clear by now um, that like why we had Princeton on um, the show because <laughs> he's just, he's just so dynamic and but you're real and you're honest and i think that um whether whoever's listening believes in god or doesn't believe in god my hope is always that um Brittany and i can can um bring a different perspective and like bring a different view or experience of god that some people never received or right. um or we can help to change their view of Christians um, or God. And, um, you know, I there was a song when I was in elementary school um, that said they will they'll know we are Christians by our love. It's like a hymn. I went to Lutheran school. Um, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And that's really what um, my hope is always at. at pe- They're so loud in the background. I apologize. But that. um you know, whoever's listening knows that, um, yes, we believe in God, but we're also humans and we're also millennials and we're trying to figure this out the same way the rest of y'all are. And, um, I hope that you guys will see our hearts. Right. And, um, and no, seek God for yourself because if you seek, you will find, I promise you that if you are truly seek, you will find, but also that, you know, you just, see god through the love of Brittany and myself and and princeton or the guests that we have on the show so thank you for your time yes, on this weekday thanks, evening um we appreciate you and um, i hope that everybody enjoyed listening to this episode let us know what you think if you guys want us to have more conversations like this um please let us know like we love you guys' feedback and mm-hmm. go check princeton out on in all those places instagram um check out his music we'll, check out his podcast we'll plug him we'll plug him in exactly. the captions y'all be able to find him real easily exactly um do we have any final words um <laughs> you just you know rate no. rate and subscribe per use <laughs> per use well no. just like subscribe follow let us know what you think and holla at us <laughs> yeah oh someone well, reached, you can someone reached out to me in the dms um this past week and let me know that our episode where i was we were all talking about kind of like our life transitions about how i was moving and stuff like really resonated with her and um because she had just moved from like one state to a different state alone and um and so yeah like i told her like that's the type of feedback that really like keeps me going because I know that talking about it is helping me um and like having this podcast and even like this episode it is this was my place to 
say it right like I felt more comfortable saying it in front of y'all and in front of a bunch of strangers who I've never met right than to have the conversation with like my family or something like that but this has been healing for me just the whole podcast itself so um yeah if anything we say like has resonated with you or you just change your perspective on something let us know please don't be afraid to dm us we're not going to tell your business but like yeah just let us know because it really means a lot so i appreciate i love that listener that reached out I love how Chris is like, you know, I got a DM and this person was really impacted by our story. <laughs> My DM in the past week was, I'll be the cheater on the episode. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a cheater? A cheater wants to come We got a cheater on? who wants to okay, we got a cheater who wants to hop on the line. So. Bet. All right. Uh, but that's just the difference in our uh, <laughs> groups, I yeah. guess. I don't know. That's funny. Well, Hit up Brittany <laughs> for, uh, for all the raggedy stuff. Tell yeah. all the... <laughs> all the empowerful stuff you know we but, don't judge i don't judge um yeah that's funny. but anyway thank you guys thanks for listening we love y'all thank you princeton thanks, we love princeton. you and just like that brissa out brissa out <laughs>